Lance, fathers, amen. Great day this morning. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. We are excited about the Lord. Amen. Brother Jesse, could you come and take up our Sunday school discipleship offering this morning? Amen. Pray for us, buddy. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> Amen. Why he's doing that. Amen. You got your Bibles. Hopefully you got your papers. There should have been a paper passed out to you when you came through on prayer. Uh, hopefully everybody's got a copy of that. We will be going through that a little bit here today. Amen. It's a good day. Amen. Beautiful weather out. Amen. Spring has sprung. <laughs> Summer is coming. Hold on. Change is coming. Just hold on. Don't worry about a thing. La da, la da, la da, la da. Thank you, sir. Amen. Well, we want to get right into our lesson. Amen. We've been talking about a very important subject, and that's prayer. Amen. In Luke 18, verse 1, Jesus says, I would that men would pray and not faint. Amen. Pray and not quit. Pray and not throw in the towel. Amen. It's important that we each have a prayer life. We are the temple of God. And God says, my house shall be called the house of prayer. So we have to make sure that we're communicating with God. That one that we love. That one that we care so much about it. Amen. To talk to God. As the old song say, let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our fainted cry. He will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer, we're turning. You know a little fire is burning. You find a little talk with Jesus. We'll make it all right. Amen. No matter what we're going through, we should talk to the Lord. Paul told Timothy, I exalt first and foremost that supplications, prayers, intercessions, given of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all that are in authority, that we might lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and holiness, honesty rather, for this is what? Good. And acceptable in the sight of God. If we want to know some things that are slight, acceptable to God, then hey, prayer's it. Intercession is it. Amen. So we talked about what is prayer. We talked about prayers asking and receiving and knocking and having the door open. One of the things about prayer now is you've got to get to this point as you're studying the Word of God is that God doesn't work on our timeline. Sometimes it might happen just like that, but then again, it might be a delay, and that's where we have to build patience and understand that, as Isaiah says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen. We have to learn how to wait on God. We don't take matters into our own hands. We want to let God work. Amen. Because when he works, he makes all things, as Solomon says, beautiful in his time. Paul right into the church at Rome, if you want to go to Romans chapter 8. Amen. And you look at, uh, I think it might be verse, let's see here. Let me get there real quick. I want to give you wrong answers. <clears throat> let's drop down to verse 26. He's talking about hope. Verse 26. Notice what he said. He says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, 
For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself make an intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he make intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. So the Spirit even helps us. Sometimes we don't know what we should pray for. How do I pray for this situation? What do I ask God for? Am I going to ask God for something that's not going to be in his will? Am I going to ask God for something that's going to be a, a want instead of a need? Sometimes we don't know how to pray for certain situations and, and certain things. But what does he say? The Spirit maketh intercessions with for us. Amen. Aren't you glad you got the Holy Ghost to help us? <laughs> Amen. Praise God. And that's why you want to build that relationship with God so that when we don't know what to pray for, let the Spirit rule. Let the Spirit take control. Let the Spirit govern. Amen. And control our lives. We was talking about why pray uh, last week. And we didn't get to the last point. Amen. Last week I gave you, I think it was four points. I talked about open door. Amen. A door of utterance, Paul says in Colossians 4. Continue in prayer and watching and the same with thanksgiving with all. Praying for us that God would open a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in bonds that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. We need doors open. You know, one of the things we all want should want to do is to be able to share this precious faith and gospel that Jesus has given to us with someone else. Amen. We should always seek for that opportunity. That should be a prayer of all of us that a door would be open to share the truth of the gospel with Jesus, of Jesus Christ with others. So we want to pray for that door of opportunity. We saw last week that prayer facilitates preaching the word of God. Amen. And Paul says in Second Thessalonians 3, 1 and 2, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. Amen. So we see that the doors were open to them to go and to be able to preach. Amen. The truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then in the point three, we saw that prayer produces fruit. We saw that from the onset in Acts chapter two, amen, as they began to preach, Peter began to preach on the day of Pentecost, over 3,000 people was added to the church. The first day we saw that the early church started in prayer. And then we saw last week, the number four, uh, prayer brought forth miracles. We saw that the Bible says there in Acts 3 that Peter and John went up together into the temple of the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John, says, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaped up 
stood and walked and entered into the temple walking and leaping and praising God. So you can see that it brought forth miracles. Amen. Prayer opens the door to the miraculous to take place. Amen. We saw also there in Acts chapter 28, verse 8, and it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So this was done. Others also which had disease in the island came and were healed. Amen. Prayer opened the door to the miraculous. Numerous miracles was done. We saw James' instructions to us. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing them with all in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervor prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth for a space of three and a half years. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth brought forth fruit. Amen. So you can see prayer work. And number five today, prayer reveals deceptive motives. Amen. Prayer reveals deceptive motives. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13 through 15, Paul writing to the church of Corinth says, For such are false apostles, apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into the angel of light. Therefore, it is no great things if his ministers be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whom's end shall be according to their works. Amen. So prayer will reveal any evil in the body of Christ. As you begin to pray, God will begin to open the door of understanding and show you things that are not right. As we see in Acts chapter 13, verse 6 here through verse 12. And when they had gone through the aisles of Pasuk, Papsis, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew named by Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the words of God. But Elamus, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who's also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of subtility and of all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, will thou not cease to pervert the right way of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Amen. 
So we see that there's always going to be deception. There's always going to be people trying to lead people away from the truth. But prayer, amen, will reveal these things and it will help us how to pray against those evils that keeps coming against the church. Amen. So prayer is very important to us as the children of God. So we need to learn how to pray. How to pray. And Matthew chapter 6 this morning, we'll pick up here, verse 9 through 13. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. So this is a model prayer. Amen. That we learn how to pray at a young age. Usually this is one of the first things we learn as kids is how to pray this prayer. Most kids know our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. They know how to to recite that. It became uh, like a given as a kid for me. You know, every morning you prayed, you know, that when you got ready to go to bed, you said, now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep it. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. You know, you remember, you know, uh, it's those little things like that that you learn at an early age, the value and importance of prayer. You may not understand it all, but you understand the value uh, of a prayer. And as you get older, it begins to to resonate with you and you continue. You learn how to pray for your food and everybody had, you know, a different way to pray for their food. But, you know, you, you still pray. You're given thanks. Amen. So we are to pray our Father in heaven because he is all wise, all loving, and all powerful. We instructed to pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. And John 14, verse 13 through 14. John chapter 14, verse 13 through 14. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, what? I'll do it. Amen. You ask anything lately? He'll do it. Just wait. Hold on. Amen. Amen. We are to pray for his will to be done and everything. We are to pray for his kingdom to come. We are to pray for our daily necessities. We are to pray for forgiveness and practice forgiving others. We are to pray for the leading of the Lord and the deliverance from evil. We are to pray in faith, for without faith it is impossible to please him. Mother Teresa says, God shapes the world by prayer. The more praying there is in the world, the better the world will be, the mightier the force against evil. So you think if everybody would just pray, what difference it can make. Amen. I don't need to stand on the side with a sign, amen, against evil. I don't have to do that. I can go to the Lord in prayer and make my petitions known. Amen. And he will work for me. On my behalf, amen, we can get more done if we pray than holding up a sign, amen, 
Praise God. We can change politicians' minds. We can change the outcomes of elections if we pray. Amen. God's will must be done and everything. Now, I passed out a, uh, a handout here from Brother Doug Davis's church out of New York. Amen. Bethel there in, in New York. You got your copy there, friend? Amen. So we're talking about a prayer guide. And this is the prayer guide of praying through the tabernacle in the, in the wilderness. When God gave the tabernacle to Moses, it was laid out in a certain way. Amen. Now, we know that the tabernacle was always to face to the east. The tabernacle was always to face to the east. Why? Rising up, amen, amen, from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised, amen. So you come through the gate, it was one gate, amen. Jesus says, I am the door to the sheepfold, amen. No one can come through the Father but by me. If you ever go to the ark down in Kentucky, amen, as you're going, you threw that, that big ark and you, when you're coming in the end and you get to the end just before you get ready to exit, there's this great big door. I mean, it is humongous. And people stand there and they take pictures and right above it, it says, I am the door to the sheepfold. You know, no man can come to the Father but by me. Amen. A big door. There was only one door into the ark. It was, so there's only one gate to get in. Notice, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Amen. Amen. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Praise God. Psalms 113, from the rising of the sun, verse 3, from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. Amen. So praying at the gate, thank God for the truth of the word and for the path to eternal life. You want to thank God for the word of God. You want to thank him that he has unveiled and unfolded to you his word. Amen. Because without the Word, we're not going to live. We need the Word of God. The Word of God is quick. It is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. So you want to thank God for the truth of the Word. Thank God that you, it's, it's been revealed to you. Hidden things that you may not have known is now being revealed to you. The name, name your blessings one by one. What blessings do you have? God, I thank you that you've given me a roof over my head. God, I thank you that you've given me clothes to wear. God, I thank you. Amen. Your blessings, what he is doing. You want to give God thanks at this place. The God is worthy to be praised regardless of how we feel. Psalms 50.23 says, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that order his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Amen. Even if we lose everything in this world, you will always have what is most important, Jesus and his love. That's all you need 
is Jesus. Jesus says, what doth it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? If you've got Jesus, you've got everything. Amen. You've got the cattle on a thousand hills because your father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. If you've got Jesus, you've got everything. You don't have to worry. He shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. It goes on and says, praise different from worship. Praise lift up God on a pedestal, vocally adorn him. Worship reverence and submission to God. Worship is an altar we place ourselves on. We come into his presence. Amen. We praise him. We sing no song. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him in the morning. Praise him in the noontime. Praise him. Praise Him. Praise Him when the sun goes down. Amen. We adore Him. God, You are the Almighty God. You are the bread of life. You are the comforter. You are the door. You are the everlasting life. You are the Father. You are the Holy One of Israel. You are the indwelling Spirit. You are the just King. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You are the Master. You are the name of this above every name. You are the omnipresent Spirit. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the quickening Spirit. You are the Rose of Sherry. You are my Savior. You are my truth. You are my unleavened bread. You are my victory. You are my expectation. You are my word. You are my yoke. My zeal. Amen. The mighty God is Jesus. Praise God. You just want to lift him up. That's what you're doing when you call his name. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Nisi. Amen. You just want to get beside yourself. It's just you and Jesus. And have a little talk with him. Amen. Worship is reverence him and him and submission to God. Amen. Prepare your heart. This is why you're getting ready here. You're preparing your heart for repentance. Amen. First Samuel 3. Prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve Him only. Amen. I want to serve God and Him only shall you serve. That's what Jesus told Satan when Satan says, you know, if you fall down and worship me, I give you all this. Jesus said, it is written, I shall serve the Lord and Him only. Shall I serve? Amen. You just want to serve God. When we submit to God, then we submit to others. Amen. But not others before I submit to Him. I want to be submissive to Him. Amen. And then you, when you came through the gate, the first item that you came to was the brazen altar. It was here that death took place. This is where the priests slew the animals. The brazen altar is a place of repentance. Jesus died so that you might live. The Lamb of God was the final blood sacrifice, and His blood was shed for all of mankind. So at this point, you want to start searching your heart and repent daily to ensure you are free from all and any sins. Amen. You want to cleanse yourself of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, so that you can begin to perfect holiness. John says in 1 John 1, 9, If we confess our sins, we are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. One of the toughest things there is to do is to be hard on yourself. 
Amen? It's sometimes tough to be hard on you. To look at yourself and say, I'm wrong. I need to change. Sometimes that's tough. Amen. And so that's why we have to get to the point to where we confess our wrongs to God. You know, you talk to God. He already knows. So just tell him, God, I need you to forgive me. Look at what David. David did not blame anybody else when Nathan came to him. Amen. And Nathan told him a story, you know, and he says, David says, well, the guy that did it should pay a hundred, a fourfold, give it all back. And he said, well, David, you're the man. And what did David say? I sinned against God. And that's why when you read Psalms 51, David began to pray. He says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities and cleanse me from my sins. For I acknowledge my iniquities. My sins are ever before me against you. You only have I sinned and did this evil in your sight. That I might be clear when thou speakest and right when thy judges. He says, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. He says, Amen. Because you desire truth in the inward parts, God, and in the hidden parts will thou make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than the snow. Amen. Hide not your face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. Amen. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with your free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors the way. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. Amen. We have to be hard at this point in our lives. You know, anything that's wrong, we need to get rid of it. Out of our lives. We need to confess it to God. Amen. So Colossians 3, 2 and 3. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Remember, we repented of our sins. We died. We was, we was buried with Jesus by baptism. Amen. So now we need to seek those things above. We're going to a better place. So this is where you want to set your affections, not on the things of this earth. Amen. So you want to be able to clear yourself here at the altar. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Amen. This is what repentance do. It's here that we learn how to transform our lives. Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 15.31, he says, I die daily. Amen. Paul was faced with death all the time. He was constantly being, every day, he, he, they wanted to kill him. Amen. And so we need to die to this life world daily. Repent. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 7.10 that godly sorrow work at repentance to salvation. Not to be repented of, but 
but repentance of this world, sorrow of this world, don't do you any good. Amen. You want to go to God and ask him, forgive me of the wrong that I did, the things that I said. You want to be clear. You, you, you are the vessel. You are the temple of God. So it's here where you're looking for cleansing and power from the Lord. Pray at the brazen altar. Pray, personal repentance is necessary every time you seek to come into God's presence. Stay at the altar as long as you feel you need to. Amen. It's you and him now. See, you need to stay there as long as you need to. Maybe you don't have a whole lot to be repent of. Maybe you slept your brother. <laughs> just being facetious here. Okay. Then you may just need to say, God, I ask you to forgive me for slapping my brother. Okay. Then you go to say, brother, forgive me for slapping you. You don't need to stay there forever. Right. Maybe you slap your sister. You know, vice versa. But that's all you need to do is just ask God. Maybe you says things. Maybe we do things, you know. You know how we do sometimes. We might say things that we didn't really mean to say. And we just need to ask God to forgive us of that thing so that we can move on. We don't want it to foster and give it a chance to get roots. That's what you're doing in repentance is you're trying to not let it get root. See, it's kind of like my parents used to, every week we would have to go out to the field and, and keep pulling up their weeds. You know, because sometimes, you know what I would do? I figured if I just broke the top off, they think I had got rid of it. But as long as the root is in the ground, you know what? It comes right back up. <laughs> See? <laughs> so you want to get the root out. This is why, you, this is what you're doing. See? You want to get the root out. You don't want to give the root a chance to grow again. Amen. You want to pull it up by the root. And so you don't have to worry about it. And that's what repentance is designed to do for us, is to help us get it completely out of us. Okay? Amen. So so you stay there as long as you need to. Ask forgiveness and claim the sacrifice Jesus made at Calvary to pay for your sins. Pray the word. Amen. Pray the word. That's why Psalms 51 is really a beautiful prayer. So in your study time sometime this week, look over it. See what David prayed. And sometimes you may have to pray that. I, I find myself praying it a lot. You know, I, I probably pray it all the time because that's why I can quote it. You know? So, so, but the, it helps you when you pray the word of God. You know, the word of God is beautiful in prayer times. Because it helps you to be able to, to clear you. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Psalms 51, 17. The sacrifices of God are broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, thou wilt not despise. Psalms 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Let my words, God, that I speak, amen, be Beautiful for you today. Then we come to the brazen labor. It was here that washing took place. It was a place of cleansing. 
After you have accepted Jesus' sacrificial death on your behalf, you must continue to cleanse from sins and strive for holiness. The brazen labor is where you cleanse yourself from the works of the flesh. Amen. Galatians 5, 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these? Idolatry, witchcraft, you know, all those crazy things. Hatred, variance, emulation, scribe, sedition, envy, and murder, drunkenness, reveling, and such like. And Paul says, which I told you before, that they that do such things, what? Cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you've been washed, you've been justified, been sanctified by the name of the Lord and the Spirit of our God. Amen. So you want to cleanse yourself. You need, we need to be washed by the water of the word. Amen. The Bible tells us to believe that, tell us believers to cleanse their hearts from the guilt before approaching God. Amen. Paul says, let us draw nigh to God with a pure heart fervently. Amen. And faith. Having your heart sprinkled from evil. Amen. And your conscience and your body washed with what? Pure water. The washing of the water of the word of God. The pure water. Amen. James 4. Draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You want to cleanse yourself. You want to be clean here. Amen. Second Corinthians 7, 1. Having therefore these promised, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit and perfect holiness and the fear of God. And there are some other scriptures that you can see. So here at the brazen labor, we're asking the Lord to cleanse you from all your sins and weaknesses through the blood of Jesus Christ and by his word. Determine in your heart to live a life that is holy and acceptable unto God, claiming victory over the works of the flesh. You want to be cleansed. You want to be washed. Amen. Let the word comes in. Let the word saturate you. Let it wash you and purify you from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit so that you can begin to perfect holiness and the fear of God. You want to be washed. As the song says, I want to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. I need a cleansing from the fountain. Amen. Let him wash you. Amen. Of all guilt. That's why Paul says in Romans 8, there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See, that's why you want to crucify the flesh. That's why when you look at Galatians 5, Paul says, they that are Christ's is what? We've crucified the flesh. Amen. You don't want to give the flesh any room. You don't want to give the devil any room into your life. And so this is why you you come into his gates constantly with praise. This is why you constantly come and repent. Uh, that's why you constantly ask God to cleanse you and to wash you and to forgive you. Amen. You don't want to give the enemy any room. As long as you hold a grudge, as long as you hold unforgiveness, what is happening is you're opening the door for the enemy to get in. Say, that's what Paul says, don't you let the sun go down on your wrath. Get forgiveness. Love as brethren. Amen. Cleanse ourselves. And then after that, then they came to a place 
called the holy place, are known as the sanctuary. The first room of the tabernacle where the priests ministered daily, it contained the golden lampstand, directions and guidance, the table of showbread, substance and strength, and the altar of incense, praise and intercession. The golden lampstand. The lampstand was the only source of light in the holy place. Amen. Jesus is the light of the world, and those who follow him will not walk in darkness. The word of God is a light for believers. It guides them through life and protects them from evil and darkness. Believers are God's light. Amen. As we have seen over and over again, Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine. That means shall see your good work and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So the lampstand, you want the light to be in you. Amen. You want your directions. You to the, today you may not know which way to go. You you may be facing some things in your life. Amen. And you need some guidance and you need some directions. It is here that you begin to ask God to give you direction. Sometimes you may need to pray, God, take me to the passage of scripture that's going to help me throughout the day, that's going to give me the direction, that's going to give me the guidance and send me in the right course. Amen. This is what you want to do here in the sanctuary when you're seeking God. You want light. You don't want to walk in darkness. You're the children of the day. You're not of the night, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5. Amen. You are the children of the day. So you need to know, Jesus says, if you follow me, you won't stumble, you won't fall. He he says, if you follow me, you're not going to walk in darkness. And this is what you want. You want God to lead you. You want to be able to see clearly where you're headed and what you're doing. And so this is how you pray when you're at the sanctuary and seeking God for that light to, to be open to you so that you can know for sure where you're going to help you to be able to make right choices and right decisions in your life. Amen? Second Corinthians 4, 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness have shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. God shines. He's the light. In the beginning was the Word. And the light, God spoke for light here. Psalms 119, 105. Thy Word is a lamp. Unto my feet and is a light unto my pathway. I want his word to lead me. I want his word to guide me. Amen. And all my life, wherever I am to go. So at this point, again, we want to pray. Thank God for his guidance, light, and protection. You want to ask God to provide guidance, light, and protection to our, your pastor. Amen. I can use all I can get. And the leadership of this church pray a similar prayer for our missionaries. We hear Sister Linda is telling us all the time to pray for our missionaries. Amen. They need our prayers. Amen. And so we want to be able to seek God on their behalves as well. Pray for every care group and home Bible study. Pray for each church ministry and staff. Pray for our leaders and pray for light to this dark world. Amen. 
You want it to be able to, to be light and everywhere that we go. The table of showbread. Each Sabbath, 12 loaves and unleavened bread. Amen. The showbread were placed on the golden table. The showbread provides substance for the priests. It was renewed regularly just as the word of God should be renewed in our heart. We should walk away every day when we pray and we're spending time with God with something new from the word of God. Remember, they got manna fresh every day. And on Saturday, they got a double portion. So you should have a double portion for Sunday. (laughs) Amen. You want something fresh every day from God. I want something fresh. I I want him to reveal something new to me every day. Amen. Because what he reveals to me, I know it's for me, it's for strength for me. And that's what you should desire of God as well when you pray and you're hitting the word of God and for the enlightenment and the daily bread. Morning manna every morning. Think about it. You could eat morning manna from me and morning manna from God. You get double portion. You guys are blessed beyond measure. <laughs> Amen. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall what? Never thirst. What did Jesus tell the woman at the well? He that drank this water is going to thirst again, but the water that I give him should never thirst, neither come here to draw again. Just think about it. You could have a well in you. Spring it up to eternal life all the time. Isaiah 55. Oh, everyone that thirsts, come ye to the water. And he that hath no money, come by wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which satisfy not? Hearken unto me. Come, eat, and let your soul enjoy itself in fatness. Man, you can suck the honey right out the rock. Woo! It'll be good. Mm, mm, good. Better than Campbell's soup. Mm, mm, good. Think about it. How good it would be. Oh, how good and present it is. Amen. Praise God. Got salt in it. Amen. But this is what you want. You want a daily refreshing, a daily renewing of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God in your life. Amen. The showbread. So here it says, you pray for your family, your friends, and you pray for your enemies. I know that one's tough sometimes, but you need to pray. You want to heap coals of fire on his head. Amen. So keep praying for your enemies. Thank God for his word and the strength it provides. Ask the Lord to lead you to specific scriptures relative to your needs and the needs of those to whom you minister. You know, you you want a word to be able to share with someone that will build them up and encourage them and strengthen them, amen, throughout the day. You know, Jesus says, freely you receive, freely give, amen. You break the bread, he passed it out to everybody, right? That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take it and share it, amen. Be open. Remember, go back, that open door. Amen. 
man, woo, this was so good to me today. You know, when you when you when you're studying the word and it hits you good, you first thing you say is, God, let me share this with someone today. Let me have the wisdom and the knowledge how to present it, just like you gave it to me, so it will encourage them and edify them and build them up in the same way. Amen. You want to share this bread. The same way you have people at your house and you fix up a good meal, spread. My goodness. You ever notice when you have a meal at your house, it never runs out? You don't think you have enough, but it seems to go more and more and more and more. I even watch here at the church. You know, you might think you ain't going to have enough, and then everybody's leaving out with boxes. <laughs> you know, somebody want to take this home? You want to take that home? You know? Well, that should be the way it is when we leave with prayer and we've, and, and got a hold of the Word of God. Everybody we encounter, the, the door of opportunity is open so we can share with them so that when they go, they take it and they share it with someone else. One generation shall declare to the next generation, what? The glory of the Lord. So you want to have this opportunity to be able to share. Amen. Pray the word. Psalms 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise to simple. The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoice in the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure and light in the eye. The fear of the Lord is clean and doing forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much fine goes sweeter. Also than honey and the honeycomb. Amen. Praise God. And then we have the golden altar of incense. The altar where the priest offered the sweet-smelling sacrifice, a type of joy nigh unto God in prayer. The incense was offered daily, just as we are to pray daily and without ceasing. The fire of the altar of incense had to come from the altar of sacrifice. Amen. So it goes way back outside. Amen. To come to build this fire. Remember Leviticus 6? 13 says, don't ever let the fire go out the altar. Amen. You got to keep the altar burning. Amen. Amen. The fire of the altar of incense had to come from the altar of sacrifice. We must stop at the altar of repentance before attempting to reproach God in prayer and worship. Psalms 142.1, let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the even sacrifice. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Just like a dog kissing the hand, that's what you want to be able to do. Amen. Pray at the altar of incense. Worship God in the spirit and in truth. Get lost in the spirit. Amen. Intercede with God on behalf of others first. Then pray for your own needs. Ask God to prepare your heart for even deeper communion with him, that sweet communion. Ephesians 5, amen. Paul says, let us be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as he is loved of and given himself as an offering and sacrifice, as a sweet smelling savor. You want your prayers to come up to God as sweet and beautiful, amen, in his nostrils, amen, when, it, when you're praising and worshiping and magnifying him, amen. Praise God. Amen. We'll take a break there. Amen. And we'll pick up next week under the whole.